Listen today as Dr. Keshi delves deep into transformation. Or uh, saying negative stuff now as data to get more positive stuff later. The Good Doctor demonstrates a frame for assessing frustration, how you respond to it, and investigating a more rational path. Roll the intro! Welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Yes, transforming. Okay. Tabitha's back. Tabitha's back. And in this lesson, you're learning how you can focus on the negative and actually have it help you transition from just doing stuff that, that makes you feel better kind of right now to you know, actually transition into a way of thinking and doing that helps you get better and stay better. Okay, a little bit of science behind that. Talk about some fun stuff. Actually, applies to industrial psychology. That's, we'll get there in a second. Okay, so think about this. Have you ever had trouble falling asleep because you're rehashing something you did earlier that day and you're, you're beating yourself up about it. You regret it. Have a little bit of guilt. Maybe even a little bit of shame if other people saw and you wonder what they're thinking about you, right? So again, have you ever had trouble falling asleep because you're rehashing something you did earlier and you kind of regret it? You know, Tabitha has. <laughs> Tabitha has. She lost her temper in this instance at a coworker for neglecting his part of a project. Okay, she works in group projects a lot in a project management thing and she lost her temper, called him a wing ding and a flap a doodler and all sorts of other things that Tabitha calls people, okay, except, you know, replace those things with, you know, bad words, right? Yeah, she, she had a long day and yes, he does frequently neglect his share of the work. But instead of thinking about it rationally and responding constructively by working things out, she turned to insults and clearly it hurt him because... When you heard it, he get, you know, stiff and then leery-eyed and walled himself up. You know, he, it was clear that he got insulted by her insults. You know, see the lesson about that. <laughs> Good luck getting anything done in the project now, right? At least from him, okay? Tabitha now obviously regrets this decision because it became clear that whatever work he was doing, well, he'd be doing even less of it now. <laughs> and when it came, she came home from work, she was dwelling on this. And it kept her up. And she got frustrated and more frustrated. She got frustrated about her frustration. And I can't stand it. Decided she couldn't sleep and got up to, you know, have a little bit of wine, have some snacks to help her wind down so she can go back to bed. And then a couple hours later, she woke up in a panic because she thought she was going to miss a deadline, had a weird dream, and then worked herself up again. And what do you do to help yourself go back to sleep again? Well, she ended up snacking and drinking a little bit more to help herself go back to sleep. And this ended up becoming a thing right? And um, it, it, got, it got ugly <laughs> for her, you know? And things like this be ended up becoming almost a daily occurrence for Tabitha, both the really the frustration sensitivity with other people and the, the, beat, the beat myself upitude with herself, which she then, she then ended up taking out on herself in the context of her binging and really insomnia and things of that nature that started self-perpetuating, right? Somebody would do something silly, She'd respond in a silly way, and the outcome of that was silly too. She would frustrate herself, which would help promote her insomnia, and her insomnia she responded to in an impulsive way to help her sleep, which ended up causing other health problems. See this? This is like second, third, fourth order 
sorts of really disturbances, if that makes sense. One problem caused another problem, caused another problem, et cetera, right? She ended up developing uh, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. She became morbidly obese, you know, and, and being a, really a victim of chronic abuse as a child just, just ended up adding to all of this other crap. Tons of binge eating, the absolute worst sleep, if she slept at all, which led again to greater irritability and outbursts at work in her family, which you just, we just discussed. And it all kind of added together into this guilt, shame, anger soup to which she'd calm down at night after everyone else went to sleep with some wine and snacks and anything else. Okay? And again, this process would repeat if she woke up in the middle of the night as well to help her get back to sleep, of course. Okay? It was clear that during these fits, essentially, these little attacks, whatever you want to call them, is that she would clearly constantly focus on what she did that was bad, that she labeled as bad. But all that seemed to do was make her feel worse. Okay? In other words, she'd get frustrated with herself about a frustrating thing she did. Man, I did something dumb. That was dumb. I'm dumb. I can't stand it. This is horrible. And they're just like, why am I dumb? Because it's horrible. Why is it horrible? Because I'm dumb. This stupid stuff. Like it just, it's very the that, you know, she got frustrated out of frustration. She got a problem with her problem by taking something that was bad and working herself up into making it worse by dwelling on it, damaging her mental health. She set herself up for multiple night per week binges which went from destroying her mental health to then really destroying her body, okay? And then since then, she's lost well over 100 pounds, netted about 110 now. She, you know, she fluctuates like anyone else, but she's off all her drugs. All her blood work is better than other people her age. She got promoted at work, and, and the relationship with her family essentially got promoted as well. And this, what we're talking about now, is one of the, one of the tools Tabitha used with TKN, okay? It is for the tolerant. <laughs> this tool is for the tolerant. Or it will help you get tolerant real fast. <laughs> Tabitha obviously started out tremendously sensitive rather than tolerant, okay? She was, instead of tolerant to life's frustrations, she was sensitive to them. Sensitive to just about everyone and everything. You, maybe, maybe borderline on extreme frustration sensitivity, okay? Just about anything bad would set her off to eat and drink and, and ruin her sleep and make her, make her do all these bad things, okay? Bad things. And now her frustration tolerance is, relatively speaking, sky high. And she's learned to, instead of just, just doing the silly stuff that feels better right now, to do the smarter stuff that helps her get better and stay better. And she does that by actually taking stock of the negative things. A little bit different than obsessing and ruminating over them into the circular BS, okay? That distorted BS, that belief system about the, the negative thing. But actually legitimately taking stock of it and having a rational and constructive approach to resolving it. This is where the tolerance comes into play. <laughs> because this means actually taking a look at it for what it is every night. Yes, every night. Tabitha reviewed what she did. Her responses, her responses to her, to her stimuli, her responses, were they, were they impulsive? Were they rational to her frustrating stimuli? Okay, she reviewed those things, which as you know, is quite a frustrating process if you are poorly prepared, if you are sensitive to the things that you do, okay? For that reason, if you have an understanding, if you have an understanding that each night you're gonna review your actions seriously, on purpose and with purpose, that your actions during the day are gonna start moderating themselves a little bit, okay? They're gonna start moderating themselves a little bit. This takes advantage of sort of like a pseudo Hawthorne effect. In other words, if you know a person is watching, then you're bound to change up what you do, even if it's a little bit. If you're going the speed limit and you see a copper, 
you're going to slow down. Even if you, even if you're going the speed limit, right? You just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Again, so many people are so down on themselves and beat themselves up so bad that they avoid, they even avoid paying attention to what they do. Classic example, they might avoid mirrors or avoid the scale or avoid pictures. Anything that gives them an idea of where they are, any sort of measuring apparatus they avoid because they're so sensitive to what it might, to what, it, to what how they might interpret that information. Okay. Now, they end up even avoiding paying attention to what they do. Why? Because you end up avoiding any of the instruments that help tell you where you are. <laughs> okay. And what does that do? It only makes their responses to these frustrating stimuli even more impulsive and their outcomes even more questionable, more destructive outcomes. Okay. Thus making their frustration sensitivity even worse. So think about these three, these are the three questions that Tabitha would, would answer each night. Okay, seriously, just, you know, a few words is all it takes because what ends up happening is that you write down your answers to these questions and then while you're laying in bed before you go to sleep, you think about the third question. Okay, so keep that in mind. So the first question is, when was I too sensitive? When was I too sensitive to a frustrating stimulus today? I became overly frustrated and responded impulsively, okay? That's the first question. When, I would, when was I too sensitive to a stimulus today, became overly frustrated and responded impulsively? The next question, number two, is well, when was I tolerant of a stimulus today and stayed rational and responded reasonably, okay? And then the third question is, where am I building my frustration tolerance tomorrow? Your days are going to be relatively similar day to day, right? You have some idea of what's happening. You're going to have some idea of you're going to encounter something that you know is going to be frustrating. <clears throat> and if you have an idea of what you're going to think and how you're going to respond to that frustrating stimulus ahead of time, this is what, this is what the old Stoic philosophers might call um, premeditatio malorum, I think. It's where if you think about something bad that's going to happen ahead of time, well, then you can also think about what you're going to think when it happens and what you're going to do about it when it occurs. For that reason, when you think of where am I going to build my frustration tolerance tomorrow, what that means is tomorrow, you know, day to day, it's relatively similar. There are frustrating stimuli that happen every day and you have an idea of what those are. So which one are you going to focus on having a more rational approach and constructive approach to resolving tomorrow? Just think of one, okay? Where are you building that frustration tolerance tomorrow? Now, this is hard to do. It's hard to do because it's easy to skimp on. It's easy to avoid, you know, it, 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 it almost requires <laughs> a high level of tolerance to your own distorted BS, your belief system about the frustrating stimuli you have, All right? Seneca, the Roman philosopher, said it best, paraphrased, of course. He said, <clears throat> why should I be afraid of my shortcomings when it is in my power to say, I pardon you this time? now that I know you can fix it, okay? This is the difference. If a person starts dwelling on the negative things and they start, they start getting frustrated at their frustrations, I did this stupid thing, I'm stupid, it's horrible, I can't stand it, this will never work at all. Like when that happens, you get into this loop of just torrential shit storm. If you start beating yourself up, then you put yourself in a position, well, I'm never gonna get better now. 
And that's part of why dwelling on that negative stuff is so destructive, okay? Now, if you position this such that in the way Seneca describes where, well, why would I, why would I be afraid of, of taking the things that I did poorly and shining a big fat light on them when I know that this is the only way or the best way that I can see what's happening and then get better, okay? Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. Now, does dwelling on your negative BS, the belief system about silly and impulsive things that she's done, help her to sleep better? Again, no. Reviewing what she did and then having a rationally constructive approach to resolution is what prompts her sound sleep, okay? If Tabitha reflected on what she did, that she can approach one, how tolerant she was of life's frustrating stimuli, two, how impulsive her responses are, are to life's frustrating stimuli so that she can transition to something that's a little more rational and constructive. And three, when she approaches this analysis rationally, again, she's in a better position to act on it constructively. Okay, that's the difference. If you, if you continuously dwell in negative and beat yourself up, well, then eventually you, you distort it to the point of where, well, it's like scaling Everest to do anything. Of course, you can't stand it and it's impossible to solve, you know? So <clears throat> what ended up happening was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was easy for her to go through the day's events, especially the negative stuff in her mind over and over and over until she worked herself up to the point of feeling the need to eat and drink and distract herself and wind herself down from them. This guides a process. These three simple questions guide a process is kind of already happening. You're going to focus on the negative either way. Tabitha was going to focus on the negative either way. That's what humans do. But now she can focus on the negative things and have a rational and constructive approach to increasing her tolerance to and outright resolving the frustrating stimuli in her life. Tabitha is intelligent and feisty and capable. She already knew what to do. She already knew what she was doing wrong. And obsessing over those things just made them seem like mountains when they were molehills, you know? <laughs> the obsession over the negative actually made her frustration sensitivity worse. She could take her focus on the negative which practically any human can, can and will do and use it to make herself tolerant to her own distorted BS, her belief systems about her frustrations and other people's BS as well. And this positioned her to act rationally and constructively in response to life stimuli so that she could deal with her binging, which she, which she has for well over a year now, congratulations, Tabitha, and pile up her constructive outcomes. Practically everybody does silly stuff when they're overly frustrated. This is a rational and constructive way to moderate those impulses by actually looking at those negative things on purpose with purpose rather than just on purpose and freaking out about it. Looking at them on purpose and with purpose to increase that space between stimulus and response to inject a little bit of logic and reason to respond rationally. Okay, And that's what happened with Tabitha. It positioned her to act reasonably during times of stress when she would have otherwise caved and binged. Okay, You can do it too. Thank you for learning. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>